Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I am your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with our other host, Lance Psycho. Lance, welcome. Blue collar. Well, blue collar host. Yeah. Just change out of my blue collar clothes and my white collar clothes. There should be more than two collars. What else should there be? Pajama. Pajama. All those work at home people. Wow. I'm looking at you right now. You can hear me working at home. Pajama collar. Pajama collar. I like it. I like it, Mr. Gore. Uh, For the people who are still working at home, right? Uh, But as more and more businesses and tenants demand green design in their buildings, lead certification is more important than ever. And while ArcCat is known for being red, they can help you go green. ArcCat provides thousands of lead reports from building product manufacturers on how their products can help make you help you make the green choice that's right for your project. Head over to ArcCat.com and find the information you need for lead. That's ArcCat.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. Uh, what I want to listen listeners to do, if they ha- ever get a cool project they ever get one single cool project that they would like to build it's an indication that you might want to start on that process and the first way to start on that process i think the easiest gateway drug that you can do is put it on your website put it somehow on your website um we have in our portfolio we have like design and built projects um we don't even hammer the built part a lot Sometimes we talk about it, you know, when uh, we're trying to close a sale. But what I'm getting at is that if you start putting it out there, there's going to be clients that just naturally assume that you might build their project. And one of those projects might be your favorite projects because that's happened to me. Now, that's the first step. The second step is this. If you ever get inkling that people do want to build your projects and you want to do it the right way and you want to do it responsibly and you want to do it and you make a profit and you want to do it without as much headaches. If you want to do it without shooting a nail gun through your toe. Wow. That sounds painful. Yeah. Then go to architectsguide2.com. That's where we tell you the lessons we learned, the systems we used to make your building project more profitable. Architectsguide2.com. If you are, have a, ever get a cool project that is going to be a cool architecture project and you're looking to make those windows pop, let me tell you about Pella Luxury. That's right. You've never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters. Trust me. If you don't believe me while I'm finishing my read for this, go over to PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. That's PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. Pull that up and you will see why they are the pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things like no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. They don't push beyond the limits, Al Gore. They set them. So explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm 
for all of your window needs. Awesome. Let's talk stats, Lance. Let's do it. And talk about stats. How do I... Um, I'm going to record my screen so that people can see this. So, recording. Uh, the AIA has their Business of Architecture report. Mm. Firm survey report. It's 111 pages. When did this come out? 2020. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, 111 pages. I, we're only going to go through the first 20 and just hit an overview. Um, but what is interesting, and I might move this just so you can see slightly a little bit. Um, people that are watching on YouTube can see. Uh, actually, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. We are at billings of uh, billing for the construction industry. Yep. $552 billion. What do you think it was in 2008, the height? Okay, we were at... We are at, in 2019, we were at 500 and what? 52. Okay, what do I think we're at now? No. 2019, we are at 552. What was it at at 2008? 332. I thought so too. 501. Look at this dip. It goes from 501 in 2008 down to... In 2011, three, 337. Okay. And then slowly in 2017 was the first time we re-hit those levels. Um, I'm sure 2020... Well, that took a long time to get back there. That was a big dip. <laughs> That's, is that what you're getting at? Big dip. Big dip. 2020 is probably higher. And then 2021 with construction prices is probably through the roof. Yeah. Literally. Um, here's something. What percentage... Of uh, what percentage of all the firms are small firms, one to nine employees? Uh, 70%. 75. Nice. Good guess. I'm a good guess. Okay. Mid sized firms, 10 to 50. 10%. Uh, 18.5. Okay. Okay. Large firms, bigger than 50. You'd have to do the math if you can. Uh, 10%. 6%. Okay. Okay. So not, so the big firms are the smallest chunk. But listen to this. Aren't the big firms buying up all the little firms? Or am I... The big firms are the smallest percentage. But it kind of makes sense because if there's one big firm and it has 50 people, and then there's two small firms and they're, you know, like two people each. Yeah. Well, 50 people are hanging out in that and there's only four people in the other. But they're only, out of those three firms, only one third is a big firm. Does that kind of make sense now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Their billing, though. Their billing is... 49.1%. The big firms. Of all the architecture wow. building, right? Um, small firms is 12%. Uh, mid-sized firms is 36%. What's cool about this is mid um, small firms and big firms have both been going down over the last three. Oh, oh since 2005. Wow. For the past 15 years. Uh, small firms, they were their height was 16%. Now, in 2019, they're at 12%. Okay. Big firms. Their height was in 2005 at 52%. Now they're at 49%. Okay. Okay. Mid-sized firms, 10 to 49, this agile middle. They were at 31%. Now they're at 38%. Mid-sized okay. so firms. So firms like us are growing. So we're considered a mid-sized firm yep. at this point. Okay. Yep. So uh, that's the place to be. Um, diversity and... Uh, Sexual orientation is uh, is increasing. Um, it's going up. 
basically. Um, and that's just following the school trends. Yep. So as people graduate and move in, uh, the industry is changing there. So that's good. Uh, Can you give us a, like, okay, I, I'm male to female. Do you know what that is? Yes. Any chance you can give me that? Okay, share of women. Right oh. now, it's at 37%. Um, in 2005... 37%? In 2005, it was 25%. Wow, that is a giant increase. Yep. Uh, I, I, I think within the next decade, we'll be at 50%. And, and it, my, my, why I say that is because uh, going through school only 12 years ago? How long ago was it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about 12 years ago. Um, and then also teaching in a university 13, for yeah. almost eight years... Uh, I am, I am, and then you look at the the statistics. There's more females that go to go to university at this point than males, so I, I just think it's on its way. Yeah, it just, I mean, you can't put in more workforce than like they got to graduate and then get yeah. in. Yeah. Um, uh, racial or ethnic <laughs> uh, diversity uh, mm-hmm. is at thirty-two percent. Okay. Uh, used to be in twenty-five at twenty percent. Wow, a twelve percent increase. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I love it. Yep. Uh, okay. How much percentage do you think the work is <laughs> Excuse me. new builds versus uh, renovations, rehabs, or additions? What was the increase from these no, two No, no, no. What, what, what do you think the percentage is of like, okay. New builds, 25%. Renovations, 75%. Wow. You really think that? Sure. Um, it is 49% of renovations, rehabs, additions. It's, only, it's half and half, huh? Half and half. Hmm. Half and half. I was just guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think the majority of those rehabs and stuff in other states, they don't even get architects or permits for or anything like that. They just do it. Oh, I see. Okay. Sure. Yep. Okay. Um, what else you got, Al? I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of good stuff. Oh, okay. How many percentage of firms in 2019 do you think are single versus multidisciplinary meaning they have something else like planning interior design design build uh 50, 60% are just single disciplinary uh 55% okay yep 39% multidisciplinary and then it's a 6% other yeah design build huh okay all right uh, there was another one. Oops. That Here stood we, out to we, you. That stood out to me. Yep. Let's keep going here. Keep on moving. Oh, here was, uh, I think this is maybe the last one. I'll look at the next page, but, um, average net billing per employee. What do you think it is? Is it, in, so because it just tens of thousands of dollars figure? Is that, is that why? Yeah. Yep. 75,000. So per employee, 159. Okay. Um, in 2015, it was 108. Sorry, did I say 159? Yes. Okay, good. That's what it was. 159. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Per employee. Yep. Got it. The average firm profitability as a share of net billings is, what is their, yeah, average profitability? 10%. Good guess. 13.6. All right. 13.6. That's where you want to be. If you want to be average, yep. it's up to you. Um, oh, this was the last one I wanted to do. Okay. So they asked firms where they got their work from, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, one category is repeat clients in a non-competitive selection. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, we're going with you. We like you, Lance. Second category was repeat clients in competitive selection. So we're going to do a competitive, but we pick the same guy again. Okay. Right? So I'm going to group those together as those are repeat clients. Okay. Then they have new clients in a competitive and new clients in an uncompetitive. So what do you think the ratio of work is of repeat clients versus new clients? And oh, you can perfect, say like, perfect, what do you think perfect, it's perfect. our firm? Or uh, what do you 75% think repeat, 25% new. Um, 72% repeat. Yep. Right. That shows like how valuable repeat clients yep. is, I think. Exactly. The value of it, why it's so much more expensive to get a new client than it is to have a repeat client, make them happy and all of that. Yep. 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 The lowest of those were new clients, non-competitive selection at only 6%. New clients, competitive selection was 20. New clients, competitive, oh, repeat clients, competitive was 35. And repeat clients, non-competitive was 37. So... That's the stats I have for you, Lance. I like it. Hey, do you have any breaking news? Maybe that is bounced off of a satellite and beamed <laughs> down to... Uh, well, you, you use the word satellite. Huh. I think that's okay. We, have a sa- we are launching a satellite workspace. Uh, it says office here in the show notes. Uh, it technically is an office. I wouldn't say we're going to put it on Google Business anytime Well, soon. it's not a branch. There you go. It's not now a I'm satisfied with the language. There you go. Okay. Restart this. Lance, what are, what's happening? Uh, we're launching a satellite office in the Thrive Ballpark. Uh, is it building complex? What do you call yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. In, in Denver. So that's exciting. And uh, Alex is going to lay out for us how we're doing it, why, we, why we're doing it, yep. what it's going to lead to, um, and maybe some tips if you ever... If you, I think, I think it's really great that you brought up all these stats too, because you'd establish for me that oh, we literally just transitioned from a small firm to a medium-sized firm. Yes. And with that, now all of a sudden, a new branch is not a new branch, a new office, a new satellite office. Yep. Is going to start happening yeah. in Denver. And I think, I mean, maybe we should talk about that's probably the term we should use: satellite office. Mm-hmm. And then, and the reason why. Lance is winning into these particulars is that once we do a branch, what we want to do is we want to actually buy the office space, the condo, the building, real estate, you get yep. wealthy from real estate. Yep. So thrive ballpark is one of these, uh, co-working situations, right? Where mm-hmm. we have purchased a uh, leased out a unit. So we have our own unit there. Three to five people can work there. They have printers, they have like coffee and stuff. I can't remember if they said they have beer or not. I'm pretty sure I because think they do. <laughs> they, they have beer. Um, so, uh, and, and it's right next to downtown, and it's right next to the ballpark. So it, it's right in the center of, of Denver, right? Um, and we've been talking about this to employees for a while because when people are interviewing, a lot of people live in Denver or you know. Uh, went to school in Boulder and then moved in Denver. And, and we said, Hey, eventually we'll have an office. Eventually we'll have an office in Denver. Eventually we'll have an office in Denver. Eventually we'll have an office in Denver. Yeah. And then we got feedback. And one of the important things was, okay, guys, you've been saying this for a while. You have to have an office in, in Denver. So Lance said, okay, do your research, go visit them, go, you know, see what's going on. 
do pros and cons, pick the best one, report back to us. Mm -hmm. They did that. Thrive was the place to be. We have a year long lease there and it starts in about two weeks. <clears throat> and I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend and I thought, okay, so this, they're going to work at least three days out of the office and it might grow to, to more. Well, there's, there's a fine line between like, Hey, this is an opportunity. This is, you know, uh, a breath of fresh air new thinking versus what are some clear <laughs> guidelines for you to think about? And these, are, this is, I'm going to sit these people down and you can be there too, but I'm bouncing it off you first. Like, what are we going to tell them? Like, this is our expectations because we're not going to be there all the time. We're the ones setting culture, setting standards, doing, you know, like doing all this stuff. What do they have to focus on? What do they not have to focus on? Right. And here are three things that I think are important. Right. <clears throat> Number one, you guys must maintain the culture. Yeah. Right. You must maintain the culture of open collaboration, um, being productive, being um, professional, yet having fun. Um, all that stuff that you've been here for, for years has to be maintained, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, you have to bill out at an efficiency rate of what we're saying is, is 90%. Question. Yes. Did that, did the, did that document say what the efficiency rate was of billing out at all? I don't go look for it, it but it. like, it'd be interesting. Cause I, what I really liked was that you had the profit margin in there, what the average profit is. Yep. So that's good to know. Uh, but man, it would be, I like, I was just wondering you know, we know where we're at profit wise and, and we're not in bad shape, but it would be interesting to know if like, are we asking too much of a 90% efficiency? I don't think so, but just right. curious. Well, um, I, what's cool about this is that we got toggle pro and toggle pro allows people to now, you know, like put in the numbers and see what you're working on is actually billable work or, or not billable work. So there's, a, we've already instituted a way to do this. Mm -hmm. So like that's key for people. Uh, the third one is stay connected to the main office, right? So this is the meeting. We might change it, but like here are the points. And I, the reason why I think these are important is because, hey, if in a year you do all these, you are successful, right? Yeah. And what I didn't say in there, because I don't think, we need to put this on their plate. They're going in a, in a new place and need to do these main things is I didn't say bring in a bunch of new work. You know, it's not a branch, you know, like I didn't say bring in a bunch of new work. I didn't, um, I, I don't know what else I would say, but like it, it focuses them on these three things. You know, I, I didn't say, Hey, start hiring new employees. You know, what, um, I don't know what else we could tell them, but do you get what I'm going at? I did. Yeah. Yep. So what do you think of those three change them? Nope. You're good. I would keep them. I think that's a hundred percent, but the, yeah, stay connected to the main office. That's a tricky one. Like, what is that? What does that one flush out? The, the first two right. are pretty easy. Uh, the third one, what does that, what does that literally mean to you? Great question. So in the beginning, I think it means that Monday and Fridays are still in the main office yep. and that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you should literally in your mind say like, Oh, it's, um, it's almost required or mandatory to meet this, that I talk to one person in the other office a day, right? Um, it could go down to just, you know, one day a week in the office. Um, that's the trickiest one too. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why, like, is because there'll still be people in the main office working on projects with them. 
So like you have to make an effort to do, do a zoom call, do a Google chat, do a, do a face to face or something like that. I don't know how we can make that more concrete because I thought the same thing too. Yeah. It's a good question. Hmm. I like the idea of, yeah. And then how long do you do the Monday, Monday and Friday thing? Is it just by a feel situation? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then you decide here, go fly free. Yep. ish yep. sort of thing and, and and maybe maybe it is maybe stay connected to the main office is monday it's just like hey it's monday and friday and then make sure if anyone's working on your projects like you have these meetings you have these these calls things like that um the other thing i thought about too was uh what because monday uh, what a lot of it is is hey there's that monday morning meeting everyone's talking okay what am i doing what do i need to get done and then they're going in like i'm talking to let's say one of the leads and then one of the leads is talking to his other people right then i then in the future could be like okay just come for monday morning and then at noon head Mm -hmm. out and go down to the office right um but that might be kind of tricky because it's like maybe year one it's monday and friday then maybe year two it's fridays i think so something like that I think so. And we could, we could say, um, we can reevaluate that at Christmas. Yes. You know? Yep. I agree. Yep. Good stuff, Mr. Gore. You know who else has some good stuff? I have a hunch. Elon Musk? <laughs> Does he? I thought he was screwing you guys' crypto up. He is, but I didn't buy Bitcoin because of him. So I'm not selling because of him. Yeah. But other people didn't get this. Know who's screwing stuff up? Who? Elizabeth Warren. Wait, what's she doing? So, she went on <coughs> a rant. Oh, goodness. That um, crypto uses too much energy, so we need to regulate. I almost think she said eliminate inefficient cryptocurrencies, but she at least said regulate, right? Yeah. Anyways, what's upsetting about that is that Elizabeth Warren started and her whole stick was a champion for the little guy, right? Or Mm -hmm. the little girl, you know, like the, the little person, right? The normal person, right? Not the big banks. She got into politics. A lot of people were going after her because she uh, was in charge of a government organization that dealt out a lot of money. And a lot of that money went to a super lot of rich people and not a lot of poor people. Right. But this is <clears throat> that being put aside. Who is in her ear telling her this? Because I'm going to show you a graph and <clears throat> the banksters. So this is energy expenditure, right? Of Bitcoin mining, gold mining and just the banking system. So Bitcoin mining oh my God. is in the lower left-hand side. It, it, it's, it's, so they just have a yearly um, cost and energy. In other words, my oh my God, guys, was uh, banking system takes up a shitload of energy. Gold mining, not very much. And Bitcoin mining, even less. Yep. So <laughs> there's Crazy. a yearly cost and then a yearly energy expenditure measured in, in GCs. Who knows what that means? So I'll just give you some numbers. Bitcoin mining looks like it's around the 250 mark mm-hmm. for energy expenditure. Uh, gold mining is probably at the 600 mark and the banking system is at uh, 2,500. So 10 times more than Bitcoin. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth Warren, you're worried about the energy requirements of, of Bitcoin and not the banking system? I I thought you were against the banking system and all that craziness. Big people making a whole bunch of money off the yep. backs of the regular people. But oh, so, man. anyways, if to be clear, Bitcoin transactions and mining are way more efficient than the traditional banking system and or gold as a energy 
requirements needed to do that. Bitcoin is also pioneering making all of their stuff into uh, being sustainable and can do it at a quicker rate because of the feedback loop of the uh, what the computers that they buy and the systems that they make, they can change that faster than the banking systems. So they are becoming even more green than the banking system. So not only do they lose less, they are leading the churn in changing sustainability. But that's not what, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what were you talking about? Uh, uh, someone else had a good idea. Yeah, do you know who that is? Is it Nick? Yeah. With Nick Reeds? Yes, sir. Well, let's listen to it. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Since America is, by all available metrics, incredibly tolerant and open, it has grown more and more difficult to find instances of true oppression in America. When demand for victimization narratives exceeds supply, disintegrationists mine American history for such oppression, then declare that modern ills can be attributed to historical injustices. Sometimes, to some extent, that is the case. But the outsized attempt to pin modern Continuing ills on events centuries old wears thin for those who would rather solve problems than create them. Ben Shapiro. Toodles. So, uh, hot take. <laughs> well, <laughs> cultural hot. take, and and that's totally fine. And and I, I would just say to the listeners, uh, sometimes it is linked to historical things. Yep. And sometimes it's not. Um, if I do agree that you can find something offensive very easy if you want to. And if you're rewarded for that, if there's a reward system for that, then those pop up more and more and more. You can either play victim or you can play victor. You can either hate or you can imitate. And I think what I think when you look at those trends that Alex was talking about earlier, that's why, that's why I like this read so much is that it, it ties back to those trends that... Alex talked about with diversity and inclusion going into uh, the architecture practice, right? Just by virtue of people, more women, more minorities. This this guy's a minority. I'm speaking right here. I'm one of the ones that is is coming in into that fold. We just hired, what do we got, like five, five ladies now working for us. One of them is going to come on to the job site tomorrow. And for the rest of the summer, she's going to be the only female on this commercial job site. I'm I'm pumped about it, and she's going to be doing steel framing with oh, Michael she's Baca. About it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, the only thing I asked her was like, "Are you afraid of heights?" She said, "No." So I'm like, "Oh, perfect. You, you're just fine then." You'll Guess be, who you'll is be afraid good. of heights? Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it, cautious about heights. You you can play victim or you can play victor. You can hate or you can imitate. Think about all the negative energy you would spend on doing playing victim versus playing victor, hating versus versus imitating. Take that all that negative energy and do what I do. I'm telling you, as somebody who grew up not wealthy at all, who grew up one summer where my mom would not buy me a pair, a de- an, an extra pair of shoes, and I had to wear like these little aqua socks, and they flopped all over the place, and they broke apart, and I got made fun of. Uh, use that <laughs> rage, use that fuel in your belly, to go above and beyond and, and do your thing. Everybody's dealt a hand of cards. Some are real shitty. Some are really good. But it all depends on how you play those cards. 
That's what happens. Yes. Speaking of playing a game. Let's bring down the crew for ARE Jeopardy. Bam! Question number one. Make sure to write it big because I cannot see that far. Uh, Which type of insurance policies help protect an architecture firm? Is it A, builder's risk insurance? Is it B, health insurance? Is it C, life insurance? Is it D, professional liability insurance? Which one? J, D, 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 D. Correct. It is D, professional liability insurance. Question two. Easy. After several months, uh, several months after substantial completion for a new office building, the building owners contacts the architects to report mold is found. It appears the mechanical exhaust fan has malfunctioned. What should the architect do to address the issue? Should he A, specify a new fan? B, recommend a new mechanical sub? C, advise the owner to notify the original contractor about the issue? Or D, advise the owner to file a claim for damages? What would you advise? Several months, new office building after substantial completion. The building owner uh, contacts the architects and mold has been found. It appears the mechanical exhaust fan has malfunctioned. What should the architect do? Okay. D, C, 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 A. So uh, A was specify a new fan. No, C was notify the owner uh, to notify the original contractor that is correct d advise the owner to file a claim for damages is not correct okay lance number three what is the minimum penetration of a powder driven fastener into an existing concrete slab when fastening a steel track to said slab is it a three quarters of an inch b one inch c one and a half inches d two inches We have uh, B, B, D, C, C. That is huge. I love that C. The (laughs) correct answer is uh, B, one inches. There we go. (laughs) What is the minimum? Number four. What is the minimum spacing of a powder-driven fastener into an existing concrete slab uh, when fastening a steel track to said slab? So this is a different question. What is the minimum spacing of a powder-driven fastener into an existing concrete slab? when fastening a steel track to said slab? Is it A, 16 inches on center, B, 32 inches on center, C, 48 inches on center, D, eight inches on center? Would you guess we're steel framing? Because we are. Uh, We got B, D, A, B, B, B. The correct answer is B, 32 inches on center. Look at that. Every other cavity. And what's interesting about that is, so like think about your uh, anchors, your concrete anchors for uh, attaching a wood frame wall to, or or sill plate in a residential application. Same thing, 32 inches on center, every other cavity. We're kind of following the same thought process there. I like it. How many, correct, three, three, okay. I have a tiebreaker. All right. This is going to be- I had one too. I had one too. Okay, this is going to be a speed one. So Lance, you're going to have to watch. Okay. So, and then pay attention to the question. What is the width of a stud pack 
that contains three two by fours. Four and a half inches is correct. That was there, quick. There you go. There you Speed go. One. Lance, take us out. Uh, if you like this episode, please hit that like button. Please leave a comment. Please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't told a friend about this epi- about this episode or any other episodes, please share an episode with them, and we will see you next week. Thank you.